Hello. Welcome to a new episode of Reddit Readings. In this episode we dive into the subreddit r slash pro revenge. Enjoy. Reddit Readings, episode 35. Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Bieras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Professor tries to dismiss a student for her visual impairment. Student makes sure Professor sees the door. This story was told to me by a close friend of mine, named Rebecca, shortly after our fourth year of college. Rebecca was a very hard-working student who took her education very seriously, with aspirations for medical school. Paired with the fact that we both attended one of the top schools in the country, school life was difficult at best and downright hellish at worst. All this said, Rebecca also had a condition called acromatopsia, which impacted her vision severely, making it painful for her to see in brightly lit classrooms, diminished her eyesight to only within a few feet away, and left her with complete color blindness. Despite all of this she was a stellar student, averaging an almost 4.0 GPA, due to her amazing attitude and insane work ethic. In general professors at our school were very accommodating, as our school has an accessibility mandate they were legally required to enforce, ensuring that students with varying disabilities were adequately accommodated. Failing to do so can result in legal action against the school if the student can provide evidence that their accommodations have been denied. Now in our second last semester, Rebecca had five courses left four of which were bird courses, but the fifth being known to be exceedingly difficult, vertebrate endocrinology I think. Needless to say, she took the course as it was a prerequisite for her specialization. All was well, until she showed up to the first lecture. In previous years, the class was taught by our fantastic department head, who'd retired as of that year. Instead this year's class was taught by a young 30-something associate professor. Associate professor went through their spiel and let the class off early, after which Rebecca went up to give her accommodations, which consisted of printed lecture slides in size 30-point font, high-contrast diagrams for viewing, and an audio recording of the lecture, which she has her own personal recorder for. All other professors had no problems with this and were always willing to accommodate. Associate professor however had an ego of sorts, believing that the research they were working on was something of cutting edge in their field, and denied Rebecca's accommodation certificate, stating that providing copies of the lecture to her could open her research to academic theft. She pressed and told her flat out there was no risk of that, as she would sign an NDA or anything if needed, but the associate professor doubled down and told her no. 
Rebecca thought maybe the associate professor was unaware of how this worked, so she left and came back during office hours with a copy of the accessibility guidelines and her accessibility certificate to show them that she was legally entitled to her requests. Now important to note, Rebecca is very smart and has dealt with shit like this before in both her personal life and work life. So right before she arrived, she hit the little record button on her device she uses for note taking to ensure if there was further disagreement, she had more evidence than he said she said. Her intuition was spot on, as the professor lost her shit and told her that unlike you, I can and have read the guidelines, and went on to tell her, if in fourth year, if she couldn't keep up with the material without requiring special exceptions, she didn't belong in her class or at this prestigious institution. Rebecca held her composure and informed them again of the accommodations she was requesting, her ability to sign an NDA if she so chose, and that if they had read the guidelines, they'd understand that what they are doing is illegal and could leave the college at legal liability. The associate professor sputtered, if you threaten me again, I'll have you expelled from this school. So Rebecca apologized and left straight to the accessibility office to lodge a complaint. She sat down her with her counselor and recounted what had transpired over her two meetings with the associate professor and played the recording for her advisor. She also mentioned that the events had caused her severe duress and she was considering legal action against the school if immediate action was not implemented to remove the barriers to her equitable education. The counselor immediately brought this up to the dean who brought this to the vice provost, who assembled a tribunal and informed the associate professor they had received a complaint by a student regarding discrimination within the classroom. Tribunal took place at the end of the week, with the dean, professor's new department head vice provost chair, and other members at large representing the panel. Rebecca was sitting in the room during the hearing, quietly while the associate professor went up to the chair. Associate professor immediately started to lie and tried to spin it that Rebecca was asking for sample midterms and finals because she was struggling with the first week's content. Needless to say, the panel didn't even call Rebecca up to testify. Instead, they played out the recording Rebecca had taken and after finishing the associate professor had nothing. Then they screamed that the evidence was illegal as they had not been given prior consent before the recording had occurred. The chair told them that 1. If you had read the law, you'd know that is not how it works here and 2. If that is your only defense, the college is firing you for malicious breach of contract, openly admitting to leaving the college open to a human rights lawsuit and abusing their position of authority to bully slash intimidate a student. Given our school's reputation, getting fired is lethal to a budding researcher's future career. Associate professor screamed and started swearing at the panel, Rebecca, and anyone else in the room before security escorted her to her office. That was the last time she was allowed in the office of this college, or any other as far as I'm aware. As for Rebecca? Well since the class had just lost their professor, they'd gotten one of the more senior professors to take on the class for the rest of the semester, and Rebecca did swimmingly. As of date, she's finishing her residency as a dermatologist and I could not be more proud of her. If you make me solve the problem, it'll cost you money. This happened a while back, actually before a day was even thought of and no one had their own portable phone. A local business, auto repair shop, changed their phone number for some reason, and a few months later, when my family added a second phone line to the house, guess which number we were given? 
it wasn't that much of a pain, since most of the customer base had the new number, but about 6 months later, we start getting calls for this business several times a day, so I finally ask one of the callers, where he got the number from, he tells me it's on top of the business's building in 3 foot high letters, really? So I drive by that way the next day and sure enough, there it is in big blue letters. I look up the current number when I get home and give them a call. Hey, I've noticed that you still have your old number on top of your building and we've been getting a lot of your calls. Would it be possible for someone to correct the sign or just paint over it? This is where I get told that sits my problem and they don't have the time to deal with it. Click. Oh, okay, now I see. So I figure it won't take long to sort this out. I start taking appointments. I tell a lady we are having a special on tires. I can get her a complete set for $75. $200 was average. I get a guy that needs a complete rebuild on his transmission. And how soon can we do it? I tell him that. Since we aren't very busy right now. If he can get it in the shop by noon. I have a guy that can have it done by 6p the same day. And it'll only cost him $750. Super cheap by the way. I do this maybe 20 to 30 times over the course of a week or so. The calls become less frequent, and as I drive by the following week, I notice that the sign is now just plain white. I'm pretty sure that all in all I probably cost this guy about $10,000 or so, in pissed off customers who showed up thinking they had an appointment and a great deal. Guy tried to fuck me over with apartment damages fees. Backfired on him. I'm a college student and I desperately needed to find a sublease for this past spring and summer. So I ended up finding one at a pretty nice apartment complex in my city. The guy, we will call him Bob, seemed cool. We had a mutual friend. Everything went great. However, Bob wants to do the sublease under the table, without the office getting involved. Okay, no worries, I've done this before. It's a 4 over 4 with 3 other male roommates. This is important for later. I have a 2 year hound mix. She's a great dog, but she gets terrible anxiety during thunderstorms. One day, I'm at work and we have probably the biggest thunderstorm we've had this year. She flips out and tears up the edges of the carpet to my room. My dad has a guy who came and did an estimate of the damages. Told me it would cost between $200 to $400 to re-carpet the room. Cool, no problem. I can afford that. Bob sees the damages and I tell him I'll cover all the damages caused by her. Anyways, I move out in July. A month passes. I'm on vacation with my family. And this motherfucker Bob decides to call my dad and mom repeatedly. Then his mom calls them. I have no idea how they even got my parents numbers. They tell my parents that the apartment complex is charging them $4,000 to carpet a 10 by 10 room. That I have until the end of September to pay it or they will take me to court. My dad is pissed because he knows the damages shouldn't cost that much. He contacts the leasing offices and asks them for a breakdown of the damages. I don't know, but he managed to get them to tell him. The carpet damage in my room only cost $273. All the other charges were for damages the original tenant and his roommates did. So we contact Bob and he is saying that the other three roommates were supporting his claim that my dog had caused all the damages in the house. Firstly, can someone please explain to me how it's my dog's fault that they caused a bottle of wine to explode on the ceiling of the kitchen? Or how she managed to destroy the dishwasher? Or one of the guy's bathtubs? My mom calls her lawyer. 
my parents, the lawyer and me meet and talk about it. I never signed any document making me an official resident of the apartment. Therefore, I wasn't liable for any damages whatsoever. However, because I'm not an asshole, I was still willing to pay for the carpet damage. We contact Bob, and he refuses the offer of payment. His mom says that she wants me to pay for everything. But no, I'm not going to, because I'm petty though. I contacted the leasing office. I gave them all the documentation, agreement for me to live there, payment history to him, all of it, of me living there. And now, the office is not only charging Bob and the other roommates the $4,000, they are suing for a breach of contract, because he had an illegal tenant. Should have just taken the $273. I catfished one of my high school teachers, because he was bullying me. I was told to post this here. This happened a while ago. Some background. He knew my dad because my dad, a lawyer, had represented his ex-wife several years before in a super bitter divorce. For some reason he took out that frustration on me. He would verbally abuse me in front of the class. If I raised my hand to answer a question, he would roll his eyes before calling on me and loudly say to the class, listen to what he says, that way you will know what the wrong answers are. He would criticize my work, make comments about how I'll never amount to much, because obviously I have a learning disability. I don't. He was just being a prick. I would often get marked down for penmanship, but after asking some classmates, apparently I was the only one being graded on that. I know history wasn't my best subject, but the way I was being treated was totally uncalled for. I began to have anxiety to go to that class. I would dread it all day. My friends would even mention casually, yeah, Mr. Smith really doesn't like you. What did you do to him bro haha? <laughs> My dad was pissed that he was obviously being biased towards me for something I had nothing to do with. Dad made noise and tried to get me moved into another class, but the district and school were over capacity as it was. I couldn't move classes without displacing another student, and the school didn't think that would be fair to the other student, but it's fair to me to let this keep going on, because you can't move me wtf. Now, my dad never discussed details of his cases, but I had overheard him angrily telling my mom, after our meeting with the principal, that he doesn't like that I'm in, that fucking pedophiles class. An idea was planted in my head, and it started to grow. I devised a plan. I gathered social media pics of a girl who was underage and went to another school and made some profiles on Kick and WhatsApp using a Google voice number from our city. I changed her name for obvious reasons. Once I had him hooked on the made-up 17-year-old girl, I sent all the chat logs and pics he sent to her to the principal and the school district main office using every email address I could find on the school district website and social media pages. Within three days of the emails being sent, we had a sub. All we were told was that Mr. Smith had to take some time off due to personal issues. I still don't know what happened to him after that. I graduated about three months after he was put on leave and never heard from or saw him again. I joined the military and left town about six months after this all happened and have not returned to that city since. One of my friends who still lives there told me a while back he saw him working the deli counter at a grocery store not far from where the high school. I never told a single soul, and nobody knows it was me. The rumor mill went wild about him being a pedophile, but nobody knew I had anything to do with it, even though I benefited the most from his departure. 
I imagine they tracked the girl down and asked her, but she obviously didn't know him. However, the chat logs from WhatsApp show the girl telling him she was 17 about 3 days before he sent the first of many pictures of his junk. So that was probably enough to at least get him fired and lose his teaching certification. I don't regret it, but I would never go so far on anyone again. I was a bitter, moody teen. But when you're being bullied by someone with authority over you, you have to do what you have to do to survive. Guy steals $400 of gas, but I get the last laugh. Backstory, I used to work at a marina when I was in high school that sold gas and allowed people to dock for free if they wanted to. Now one day a guy comes in on a pretty big boat comes in and gets a lot of gas. Like $400 worth of gas. He comes to the counter to pay and gives me $400 in $100 bills and I accept them and he goes on his merry way. Fast forward a week or so and I'm told by my boss that the bills he paid in were all counterfeit bills. Unfortunately as he paid in cash we had no way of tracking him down. So we think that he just got away with stealing $400 worth of gas. That is until this idiot comes back after about a month and a half thinking he got away with stealing the gas. When he comes back in I recognize the guy and tell my co-worker to call the police right away. However, I knew that this guy would just leave if I let on that I had recognized him and we had discovered his plot to get free gas, so I decide to pretend I don't recognize him. Luckily for me this guy asks to dock the boat for an hour or so on our dock and I tell it's not a problem. Now it is policy to get the name and phone number of customers using free dockage, as well as asking that they leave their keys in the boat so that we can move the boat to a different dock if needed. He complies to all of the rules and leaves his boat, and he leaves his keys with me. After probably about 15 minutes of waiting, the police show up on the dock and ask my boss where the guy is. My boss tells them he just left his boat, but we have his number and can get him to come back to the boat and he then instructs me to do just that. At this point I was pissed at this dude for making me look dumb for basically losing $400, so I call and tell him, hey, this is me from marina it seems as though there is an issue with your engine and it seems to be smoking for those that don't know boats that well engines are very expensive and this one in particular was a 350 horsepower yamaha engine which is top of the line so that man got back to that boat in record time when he got back to the boat the look on his face when he saw two cops waiting for him was priceless he tried to play it off and act like he had done nothing wrong, and he didn't know why the police were there, but that was short-lived as they arrested him and told him why he was being arrested. Turns out the guy had almost two grand in counterfeit $100 bills on him. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just wanted my deposit back. So about 10 years ago, my wife, then girlfriend, and I decided to move in together. She was sick of living in a dorm and my lease was up, and we had a family friend that was looking for someone to move into a little granny flat under their house. 
I say under because they lived on a steep hill where the flat was below the house with an entrance on the backside, so we had this incredible view out back, a pool, we'll get to that insane thing, fire pit, etc, and the rent was in our price range, and the landlord, let's call her Mary, even dropped it $100, if we did some yard work. Skim the pool, etc. Oh, my parents own a couple rentals, and have my whole life. I've done maintenance for them, and even attended a couple court cases as well with them, this'll come into play later. Everything was great for a couple months. Then Mary and her wife started fighting. Screaming matches, stomping above us, throwing things, I didn't understand how people could be that mad at each other that often and still be together. I eventually sent them an email saying we were not comfortable with the fighting and we wanted to make sure they were okay, etc. They replied to that with, you're lucky you have a place this nice. Mary began to scrutinize the yard and pool work I was doing, to the point she would insist I vacuum and skim the salt water pool with no chemicals. Salt water pools need far less chlorine than regular ones, but they still need some. Wanted me to stop mowing and use a weed whacker, only because the mower was getting old and tired. Really petty things. The last straw was when a driver was shot in a gang shooting across the street. We decided to cut our losses and get out of there. Found a new apartment and a roommate, one of my wife's college friends, that was open a month later. Perfect for us. We were on month to month on this place. Emailed Mary that we were moving out in 30 days, etc. At that point, she went insane. Tried to do daily inspections of the granny flat, would call and email daily with chores around the property she'd insist we do, and would pound on her floor, our ceiling, every time she heard so much as a whisper. Daily inspections would require 24 hours notice, she never gave that. Then she tried to bring potential renters over to see the flat, we flat out told her to go away when that happened, with no notice. Finally, two weeks before move out, she had a pest control guy stop by when I was at work and my wife was in class. Our cat was home alone, and we got the notice about spraying pesticide from her in a text about the same time the guy started. So I rush home after work, stop by upstairs, and ask for a copy of the pest control receipt. I have massive allergies to most pesticides, so I need to know what was used. She goes into her office and bring back a copy with every single chemical on the list checked off. Every single one. I immediately take the copy, run down, grab the cat and a handle full of clothes, and drive to my parents' house. We stayed there four days, hoping everything would clear out in time for us to finish packing and cleaning. The last couple days before move out, Mary was out of town, and we were able to get it completely finished a day early. We'd even patched nail holes, painted cleaned the carpet, my mom came and helped us get it ready for the next tenants. It was immaculate, and we took photos and video of everything. When Mary did the checkout with us, we said we weren't comfortable being there without filming, legal to do, and she did a short walkthrough, stating it was fine, but that her copier was broken, and she'd have to email us the final copy. Two days later, we got that copy, with $1,400 in damages, Claimed above our deposit, including a number of charges like, my wife had to replace a screw in a cabinet, $1 for screw, $15 labor. I was livid. The place was spotless. My mother, a landlord who does all her own prep work in rentals, helped us, and we'd been very non-confrontational except for filming the walkthrough. I had kept every email, 
text and letter from them and started to put together a small claims case. I figured she would already be doing the same. Luckily, I knew my tenant rights and that she'd violated them a lot, including email chains, where I'd point out 24-hour notice laws, etc. in emails and she'd reply to them. Finally, I called the exterminator. The conversation went like this. Hi, you sprayed in my flat without my permission, because my landlord ordered it with no notice to me, with my cat inside, and used every chemical on your receipt. We most certainly did not. Here's a copy of the work order. We only put out ant traps on the outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for your clarification. Armed with that last little piece, I countersued, asking for a bad faith penalty as well as our deposit. Bad faith was 3x deposit, so I was asking for a total of 4x, what we'd given Mary on move-in. The big day came in court, I showed up early, had everything in order and ready, and she swaggers in huffed up, and clearly ready to put me in my place. We sit outside the courtroom for about 20 minutes, until a courtroom worker asks the waiting room if anyone would be willing to go to mediation instead, since they were booked solid. We both say yes, and go into a mediation room with an arbitrator, whose job was just to keep us civil and answer any legal creations they could while staying neutral. Mary lays out her case, it takes about 4 minutes. The arbitrator looked very neutral still. Then I present my case, bringing up each violation, each lie, and end it with a work order from the exterminator, both copies. At this point the arbitrator looks visibly upset, and I can tell they are just trying to stay neutral. Mary then asks them, why is he asking for 4x the deposit? The arbitrator then explains the bad faith penalty, then looks at me, would you be okay dropping the penalty for your deposit back? Sure. They looked over at Mary, I can't tell you what to do. But what I can say is, if you decide to go back into that courtroom in front of a judge, it's not likely to go in your favor. I swear they really said this, I know they're not supposed to but they did. I got my deposit back. Stealing my notes? Guess who won't graduate high school? So, this happened in 2018, when I graduated high school. A quick overview of the Swiss school system, normally, you go to school until 9th grade. If you want to go to university later, you change to grammar, high, school from 8th to 12th grade. I decided to study and went to high school. Also, in Switzerland, my state, Canton, at least, everything under 75% is a fail. We have a really strict thing going on there. There I quickly became friends with Chelsea, my now girlfriend, and Alicia. Alicia is the kind of person that is funny, if you don't have her around too much. She is always the victim, she can only talk about herself etc. But if you spend too much time with her, you are a mess. She is also never responsible for things happening to her, because she grew up in the foster care system, whatever. So, this happened about 2 months before our finals. Now, graduating means passing the finals obviously. But not only them. The finals are half of your eventual grade. The other half is your last report card. If I had an A in my final English exam, but a C in my last report card my eventual grade would be a B, and so on. Alicia really struggled with that, because her last report card wasn't that good. She had to excel in most of the subjects to graduate. So you would think she'd write as many notes as possible and study pretty early, right? Nope. She procrastinated until two months before our finals, while I and Chelsea studied our butts off. 
Now, I always was the girl who offered her notes in our class group chat in case someone was interested. This gets important later. We had a fairly long list of things we had to be able to use in maths and I wrote notes for every single topic and kept it in a folder in my locker. Only put some of them on the group chat just when someone was asking about a certain topic. One day, I went to my locker and they weren't there. I was freaking out. I spent weeks on writing them. I looked for them for an entire week and had approximately three panic attacks because I thought I wouldn't pass an hour and had to do all of it again. That's when Alicia casually told me that she took them the other day when I asked her to get a book from my locker. She actually hadn't planned to tell me at all because it's not like you'd need them anyway. You had them long enough. If you didn't make copies, it's not my fault. The blatant entitlement was enough for me to come up with a plan. A vicious plan. Not only had she stolen my notes, if I hadn't bothered her so much with it, she wouldn't have even told me she had taken them. She was only a high school friend anyway and I knew I'd never do anything with her again once we graduated, so frankly, I didn't give a single crap about what would happen to her. Her entitled self-centered way was enough for me to finally burst. I apologized for making drama, it's okay, you just are like that sometimes. I was about to lose it and just continued my school day. Now, Alicia kept calling me about notes etc, even before that, especially my notes for various books. She'd chosen the same books, so she didn't have to study extra. I started to give her a wrong analysis and started to fake notes. Obvious enough to figure out they were wrong, if she'd think herself, but not too obvious. If she'd read the books she'd know it's bullshit. I did the same with our English books. And French. She already had my maths notes too I couldn't fake those, but I could fake German, French, English, chemistry, physics and psychology. Now, after I invested so much time in faking notes I watched it all go down a day before graduation. We went into a pub with our teacher to watch a football game I don't even remember, and she distributed our results. I passed with a 5.38. In Switzerland, the grades are from 1 to 6. 6 is best so about an A. And Alicia went pale 3.21. D. She had failed all of her classes, but maths and psychology. Oops. It seems she really just read my notes. She didn't read the books she was supposed to read. She didn't read our textbooks. I had to hide a grin. My girlfriend thinks to this day it was cruel but seriously, it was a damper for her entitlement and narcissism. From what I've heard she is currently trying to repeat the year and try again. Hopefully without stealing her friend's notes. This is a mix of revenge and malicious compliance. Hopefully this is the right place. Background, kinda long, but also important, so I'm a happily divorced dad of two beautiful kids. A 5 years old girl and almost 4 years old son. My ex and I met in my home state of Illinois. She was a navy brat, so her family is from Texas. We fell in love very quickly, got married after a year, and was expecting my daughter after 3 months. We found out she was pregnant with my son almost 4 to 6 months after my daughter was born. A month after he was born I found out she was cheating on me with at least 5 guys, later found out it was around 8. Obviously, I filed for divorce. I got the lawyer, changed my banking accounts, and presented her with papers. The first copy was rejected for a reason I can't quite remember. Upon revision, I had my lawyer also change the custody from me having the kids every other weekend to every single weekend. Much to his surprise she signed it. 
We shared the kids accordingly. She was super pissed, but there was nothing she could do about it, and when she slash I could no longer afford to live in the state, she moved back to Texas. Fast forward 2 years without seeing the kids, couldn't afford to see them, except on one Christmas, I got out of the navy, moved back home, and I got the kids for 3 months. I was appalled by their development delays. Both kids were rated in the bottom 5% of kids their age. My daughter didn't have a clue about potty training at 3, barely speaking, and had no awareness of adult authority. My son was not even close to walking, nonverbal, wouldn't eat most meats, and was afraid of grass. When I returned them my daughter would listen to adults, was potty trained, and speaking in almost complete sentences. My son was walking, saying some word slash hand signals, and eating a variety of different foods. I worked my ass off to get them there, also spent a lot on, two times a week therapy for both of the kids, money well spent. Anyways, I stayed in Illinois for about one and a half to two years gathering up enough money to move to Texas. I had a little amount saved, but I started dating a girl who I came to find out was also wanting to move to Texas. So we pulled our money together and moved down. Almost done with background guys. We got down to Texas and lived out of hotels for around a month. Found jobs. Found a place and moved in. I work in a sales position in a large bulk type store and my girlfriend works at a sandwich place. At this time my ex and I are not going by the divorce decree custody days because of convenience. Well a person ended up quitting the job and I had to take their hours. So my girlfriend got permission to bring my kids to her work. The GM loves them. Well they were being toddlers, and she texted a mutual friend of my ex and me asking if she could watch the kids for a few hours. That got sent to my ex, my ex and new hubby got pissed, and they came to my work and chewed me out saying that I need to take the kids well being more seriously. Roger that, fuckers. Now, I realize I messed up that day, I was not mad at what they said. I was pissed at the fact they did, that I front of my trainee, a customer, and coworkers. Malicious compliance slash revenge. During my setup phase I was not paying my full child support, which was kind of them, but that ended, because I was now taking things more seriously. The next morning I talked to my boss, told him what happened and informed him that I could not work at the time specified on my divorce decree, because now that I'm taking things seriously, I will now have the kids every weekend. I then transferred my ex the remainder of child support, informed her that she was right and I needed to take things more seriously, so I will be by after work to pick the kids up after work for my court-appointed custody. She was confused but agreed. Then I called her on Friday evening to see if she has everything prepared for the weekend stay, medications for my son. She flipped out saying they have plans all day Saturday and church Sunday morning. She screamed, WTF, are you making these demands all of a sudden? Well I'm just taking the kids and our agreements more seriously. I ended up letting them have the kids Saturday and pick them up Sunday morning. I then informed my ex and hubby that we would need at least a week's notice for any change in plans on weekends in case we had things planned, generally if they wanted to do something special with kids, if we didn't have plans, even at last minute. Since I was taking things more seriously, my girlfriend and I kept very meticulous records of any injury, diaper rash, rash on my daughter from not wiping correctly, and physical appearance upon pickup. 
we would treat said rashes. Note any changes in our little black book, them take a photo of the pages with a timestamp. When they returned we would then note any worsening of any rash, injury, or non-treatment. We also signed the kids up for more therapy, since they are still very much behind. This went on for a few months until, surprise, my ex had enough, and brought me to court to force the changes she wanted. I presented the judge with everything. The doctor's notes I had from day one, the doctor's notes from my ex with conflicting information, these notes were things she would tell the state funded therapist for my son, as well as all the expenses for the therapies I was giving my kids. Then I showed her our notes, the printed time stamped photos, and the many times any rashes would be present or worse when we got the kids. My ex broke down into tears since she brought her entire family and several friends for support. The increase in child support she wanted was shot down, and instead was almost halved, since I was making less than I was prior, the expenses I had for the kids, and my overall time with the kids. The change in custody she so desperately wanted? Well, the judge ordered it to stay the same with the change of alternating Sundays. Slightly annoying. Walking out she asked me through tears, how could you do this to me? To which I replied I was taking things with the kids seriously. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings, episode 35. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.